0: I'm Erin Page with Metro Family, and joining me is Ty-Ann Trong to talk about identifying and healing from postpartum depression and anxiety. Welcome Ty-Ann, thanks for being here.
1: Hi Erin, thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be here.
0: We are thrilled to have you, and I want to start out by telling our listeners a bit more about you. Ty-Ann is a licensed professional counselor postpartum therapist and mother of two who is passionate about helping pregnant and postpartum women overcome depression and anxiety. She has overcome her own battle with postpartum depression and anxiety and loves to help moms work to feel like themselves again so they can enjoy life with their baby and family. Tyann has been instrumental in launching and contributing to Metro Family's Family Mental Wellness series over the past year, and she served as an expert voice for us in other capacities as well. Tyann, you truly empower women in the midst of postpartum depression and anxiety to understand and affirm their feelings and then work toward healing. First, I'd like to understand more about the differences between the two. So what are the key differentiators between postpartum depression and anxiety? And why is it so important that expecting or new moms and their partners are aware of both?
1: Um, yeah, Erin, um, so the question is the different what make what's the difference between postpartum depression and anxiety right and the interesting thing is we often hear about postpartum depression but the most common um struggle is actually postpartum anxiety and so i actually haven't seen a woman struggle with postpartum depression without the anxiety piece Mm. but you can see the postpartum anxiety without the depression and so the difference is um just the differences in the symptoms is when it's postpartum depression, you'll see that they'll be feeling kind of just sad and down in the dumps, a lot of tearfulness, um, feeling discouraged or hopeless about this process. Um, Some have even shared like, you know, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can raise my child well. Um, The third symptom that I often see in postpartum depression is just low self-esteem and low self-worth so it's hard for them sometimes to not feel like everyone's doing it better than them or even like their child would be better off with someone else um, so just feeling um, inadequate in this job as, as a mother and then the other two most common symptoms in the depression is just um, a a, la- a loss of motivation to do the things that they've typically enjoyed and then just a loss of pleasure and satisfaction so they're they talk about going through the motions and everything just kind of feels blah like i'm doing this to survive but um just it's, it's hard for them to to engage with it and to have uh, have a sense of satisfaction around the, the activities so those are the common symptoms of the depression and like i shared um everyone with depression you'll also see some level of anxiety And that's just often feeling, um, you know, just kind of nervous, on edge, um, just the physical sensations of anxiety sometimes. People talk about, like, um, my body just feels tense and on edge. It's hard for me to relax. Um, And then often they'll have some scary thoughts uh, that could lead to just, like, over worrying, worrying about baby's health, worrying about the future. And of course we're in the middle of the pandemic, so we've definitely seen spikes in anxiety about health and um, just survival for for themselves or their family or or their babies, right? Um, And then we may also see just like panic, panic and fear a lot of times surrounding um, a a variety of different themes. Um, but the most common ones that I see with scary thoughts or intrusive thoughts for women include um, just fear of like SIDS, baby not waking up, fear of harm coming to the baby. Um, Yeah, just, just certain kind of worst case scenarios that come on that really scare them.
0: Thank you for walking through those definitions with us. I think it's so important to really understand all those intricacies. And one of the things that I have learned from working with you is uh, that piece you shared that anxiety really is more common than postpartum depression. So I think it's so important that we're having this conversation so that other new moms expecting moms um, have that understanding and know what to look for. Um, And I know we've talked about um, both of our, our personal stories So after I had my first baby, I remember being asked over and over again by very well-intentioned healthcare providers around me if I were experiencing postpartum depression, just as part of their routine check-in for postpartum moms, and I didn't understand what that looked like. I didn't know what the symptoms Mm -hmm. uh, and signs were. I didn't understand the complexities of postpartum depression or anxiety, or how they could manifest in me specifically. So I always answered no, but looking back, I wish I had had the opportunity to hear from an expert like you, because now I can look back and see that I was experiencing symptoms of both. So. Like I did, I think there's this tendency to think generally about postpartum depression, especially as just simply being sad, but there are more complex nuances here and less understood signs and symptoms of postpartum depression and anxiety. What, what are those nuances or what are those complexities that people don't always understand about postpartum depression and anxiety?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're saying typically we kind of just link it with sadness or even um, how it's exaggerated in the media that it's moms who are totally disconnected from their babies or moms that just want to harm their babies. I feel like that postpartum psychosis piece is really magnified in the media. Um, But really, it's just so much more common than we think. And like you were saying... Typically, they'll just ask like this broad question of, do you struggle with postpartum depression? Um, But we really don't know what that means. I think it's a lot more helpful to break down the symptoms when we're really assessing women um, because a lot of times women just talk about, I just don't feel like myself or I feel like I've lost myself, um, but they may not necessarily connect with the label postpartum depression because it's just... um, Kind of an abstract concept, and so it's more helpful to ask if you know um, they've been struggling with some of these symptoms. Have you been finding yourself feeling kind of discouraged about this process, or struggling with low self esteem, or not enjoying engagement with family as much as you used to? Are you finding yourself feeling overworried, or more nervous, or more anxious than usual? And so, if they would break down those symptoms to ask them more specifically, then the women can connect with that better than an abstract concept of, are you struggling with postpartum depression? In addition to, I think there's still just, even now, even though there's a lot more awareness and openness now, I think there's shame in talking about the struggle. um, And there's also fear, like, what if I share about my struggle? Are they going to take my baby? Are they going to think I'm a bad mom? And so just asking a mom verbally, she's not likely to be as forthcoming about her struggle as if you were to just give them a a screening or a written screening, that they could just write out their symptoms along with resources for help to really normalize the process.
0: Absolutely, and and even partners or family members close to a a new mom could go through some of those symptoms with her in a setting where she felt comfortable and was maybe more likely to to answer those honestly. knowing that it came from a well-intentioned person around her. I think that um, that can make a huge difference for women.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point because they're much more likely to connect and share with close friends and family than a professional that um, they're kind of scared of would report them. Because even though that's unlikely, it has happened. And uh, just because of a lack of awareness of intrusive thoughts and postpartum anxiety, But also it's just a a bit more embarrassing or shameful to share with with a professional. And so, yeah, if people are interested in just a quick quick screening just to sit down with their family members, they can go to my website and it's completely free. Um, And it's at the very top. You just go to LastingChangeTherapy.com forward slash resources. And it's just the first item on there that they could just quickly review the symptoms for themselves or with their loved ones.
0: That is so helpful. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think, um, I think that's such a key thing for, for women to know that they have access to. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the key coping strategies that were especially helpful to you when you experienced postpartum depression and anxiety?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, for me personally, um, I think first was just acknowledging it and then talking about it because I felt so much shame I kept a lot of it to myself and so I think the first step was actually just reaching out to a therapist friend it's it's nice when you're a therapist because then you have a lot of your friends who are in the field as well Um, and then just sharing like I just really don't feel like myself and then she just encouraged me to um, you know follow various steps to take action to begin to help myself Um, And I think that was the beginning. Um, But the next thing that had helped me was um, talking to another uh, psychiatrist friend. And then she connected connected me with her niece who had also been through postpartum depression and anxiety. Because I was feeling so discouraged and hopeless, hearing the story of someone who had been through it and gotten to the other side was really my first glimpse of hope that i wasn't going to be stuck like this forever because that was a really scary feeling um and so i think talking about it and then connecting with someone who had been through it were were the first two things that had been most helpful to me Um, but then ultimately it was just following a variety of uh, different action steps like problem solving about the breastfeeding incorporating um nourishing my body again like just eating when, when I needed to because sometimes I would s- skip that um, just because I got so anxious or busy, um, and then incorporating a lot of different other strategies that I've, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy strategies that I, I do show my clients. Um, but yeah, it was just uh, slowly and surely just taking action steps forward, incorporating exercise, self-care, um, really a lot of it was probably like exposure therapy, which is a a behavioral tool that's just facing fears, like things that I was avoiding, like caring for my baby on my own, starting to take steps towards that, um, began to give me confidence. And then I felt like maybe I can survive this. Motherhood was the hardest thing I've ever encountered. I've, I've never realized how painful and challenging, um, the depression, anxiety surrounding something that was so important to me could be because I think for a lot of us, we just wanna do a really good job. This is the most important job to us and it's the most painful feeling to feel like we're failing or just uh, not meeting our standards. And so slowly taking steps to build confidence towards connecting with her and caring for her was just uh, really powerful for the healing process for me.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, for your vulnerability there, Tyanne. That. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so helpful to hear, like you said, another mom who has been through this because mm-hmm. that helps us all feel like this is normal and, and there are things we can do to, to move forward and to heal. So I really appreciate your willingness to share. Yeah, so. Great the next piece of this, how do we know when it's time to seek professional help? And, and specifically also, what should a mom do if she finds herself needing help with postpartum depression or anxiety after hours or over a holiday? Mm
1: -hmm. Okay. Um, so your first question was uh, when, when should they uh, seek professional help? Right. Um, so seeking professional help, I just really believe, um, a lot of people want to first try to feel better on their own. And um, I think it can happen. So I'm not one to say like, oh, you need to go take that step to get professional help right away or you won't get better because I feel like that message was everywhere when I was struggling. And for a lot of us, it's kind of a scary step. We want to try a variety of different things first So it's not necessarily the professional help that's needed in order to get better, but it's actually taking action steps forward to to heal yourself, to face fears, to um, challenge some some negative thinking, to um, begin to take care of yourself. And so um, seeking professional help, a lot of times they say for the first two weeks from a technical standpoint is postpartum blues. So we actually see like 80% or more of postpartum women struggle with symptoms of the baby blues, but that should go away within about two to three weeks after the adjustment, after working through the initial sleep deprivation. Um, But as you're moving forward about past three or four weeks and you're still like slowly feeling worse or feeling like you're slowly losing yourself or these symptoms that I've shared with you are intensifying, it's probably then important to take some action steps forward. And so for those who just want to try it on their own, I really encourage like um, getting some self-help books. And I've shared those at the bottom of my resources page as well, that same website that I've shared with you, lastingchangetherapycom forward slash resources. Um, Feeling Great by Dr. David Burns is a great book. That intro chapter is actually on how um, he used Team CBT which is my treatment approach um, to help a a woman work through postpartum depression and anxiety. And so that whole first intro chapter um, will be very relevant to someone who's currently struggling. And um, other things that they can do is first just kind of reach out and get some peer support. And so in my um, Facebook support group, which is completely free, I've created what I call a sistership program. It's just basically a mentorship that's completely free. So moms who have been through depression and anxiety uh, during pregnancy and or postpartum have signed up to be mentors. And then if you're currently struggling, you can connect with that mom completely free just to share about your struggles, get some additional support. Because sometimes I feel like that's all we've needed. We feel completely alone and isolated. And then connecting with another person, hearing the steps that they've gotten to to get better, and and then applying them to yourself can just be pretty powerful in your healing process. And so if you've done the self-help stuff and then you've connected with others and shared your struggles and still feel like you're needing professional help, um, then I think that's when you can reach out. And then on the counseling and therapy tabs, I've um, compiled a list of, I think now, uh, 11 or 12, which is really exciting because five years ago um, there was Balanced Women's Health and then me when I started my private practice as a resource that specialized in treating postpartum women. Um, But now there's a a list of, I think there's 12 or or 13 therapists on there who have gotten specialized training um, to work with postpartum women. We all use a, a bit of a different approach. I haven't been in the therapy session with them, so I'm not quite sure how it goes with them but I still think it's exciting that they've gone through the steps to get specialized training and to work with women who've been through what we've been through to really help them get on the other side.
0: That's so great. That's wonderful that, that there are those resources here and wonderful for women to know that those, um, those resources are readily available should they yeah. need them. So if a mom does need help after hours or, or during a holiday Are you, those other resources, are are those the places that they should go? What steps should she take Mm -hmm. if she needs help and and can't wait till, you know, Monday morning? Mm
1: -hmm. When you're saying needing help, am I hearing more of like a crisis situation where she could even be like suicidal or just really intensely struggling with high anxiety or something along those lines? Um yeah so if it's like a true crisis and it's a holiday or a weekend um so there's the postpartum support international helpline which has volunteers available um so for oklahoma there are state coordinators which i am one of them that you can reach out to them and um their job description, even though it's volunteer work, is they have to respond to you within 24 hours. And so even though it's not that immediate help, it is gonna be within 24 hours while you're struggling. And I I think that could be helpful.
0: That's great to know that that resource exists. I had no idea there was was a helpline like that specifically for women um, dealing with postpartum depression or anxiety. That's wonderful.
1: Yeah, so PSI has a helpline that I believe responds even earlier than the 24 hours. Um, And then once you, okay, it's psichapters.com forward slash okay. And when you go there, there will be a pop up of the number for the helpline. And you can also text, which is really convenient because I know that's often the preferred preferred form of communication for a lot of people these days. And then to get a state coordinator, Then you can just click on PSI OK Support Coordinators. And then there are four of us that you can find located in your area that you can text or call for support as well. And then their job is to not give you therapy, but to just solely give you support and then find you resources when you're needing that professional help.
0: That is so wonderful, and we will link that site um, on our site at the at the bottom of this podcast recording as well, so that women have that uh, resource readily available for them. Yeah. So as we're, oh, go ahead, Tayaan.
1: Oh, I said, yeah, that's great. Absolutely, to yeah. link that to know that the resources are available. I think it's just that first step on, like, knowing you're not the only one struggling, because it can be such a lonely process.
0: Absolutely. So what, what final words of encouragement would you leave our listeners with today about their journey to healing if they are dealing with postpartum depression or anxiety?
1: Yeah. I just want people to know that um, when you're in the middle of that struggle, it is so painful and scary and it's really hard to believe that you will get better. I know I was in that space, like, I'm going to be stuck like this forever. It's completely hopeless, just feeling so discouraged. And I just want people to know that it is completely treatable. Many people recover um, quickly with help. And even with just taking those active action steps forward, um, they can get better sooner rather than later. And so I just want to share with people that there is hope, there's so much help now, and um, that they're really not alone in their struggle. And once they take these steps forward, they will move forward with aligning with that vision of motherhood that they've been looking for, because I see that on a regular basis. So I just love working with moms I feel so inspired by their journeys and I feel really moved by how their love for their children just drives them to do this hard work to get better and so a lot of times when they're depression anxious it's it's not because they're a bad mom like a lot of times they label themselves as it's because they love their children so much and this job is so important to them that uh, they're not quite meeting their standards and so once they get this healing steps to move forward. Um, it, it's really powerful to see that journey where they're feeling like, oh, now I'm just really feeling like I'm the mom that I've been wanting to be or I'm just a lot easier on myself. Maybe I have always been that mom, but I'm just a lot easier on myself. I'm giving myself a lot more credit and not being as hard on myself when I make mistakes or struggle with human emotions because we all have and will.
0: That's so beautiful. And and you do such important and impactful work here in our community with moms. And I think it's so valuable for so many of the moms you work with that you have been through these same processes as them, that you really understand um, all of this on a very personal level. So thank you for sharing your invaluable insight and advice with us today.
1: And thank you, Erin. I know this is your your heart and passion as well. And so I've appreciated what you've done to spread awareness for women and um, using your pain to really make a difference for people. I think it's also really powerful and inspiring. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you, ty And for all of our listeners, you can learn more about ty and the services she offers at lastingchangetherapy.com. And you can access her articles on postpartum anxiety and depression, including signs and symptoms and coping strategies at MetroFamilyMagazine.com. Thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.